This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Oliver Gregan, Summer and Family Camps Director at YMCA Camp Jewel. And I'm Matt Hansberger, Executive Producer of Podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and you are listening to First Class Counselors. Yep, this is a series for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. That's right, because great camp directors know that counselors have the most important job at camp. Their abilities make or break a camper's week, and they hold the keys to camper retention year after year. You've tuned into FCC's Quick Show. Here we cover one specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need-to-knows. The can't-go-withouts. And the fundamentals. The basics. So today, we're going to be talking about professionalism. And kind of the way we've titled it is counselor professionalism, acting like a child or acting childlike. They're two very different ways to act. And we want to make sure that counselors are aware of themselves. And that's kind of what the show is all about, being aware of yourself. So it may be weird to think about when you're covered in face paint that crudely forms a unibrow and a soul patch, and you need to be working professional in this workplace. But for many counselors, this is their first job, a job where the culture you are used to is playing and the responsibility that you're being given has always had a safety net. But now you're a counselor. You've been a camper where you've been able to make mistakes and the repercussions now as a counselor may not be the same. So it's really important to start figuring out where that line is. So we're going to talk about a couple key points that sometimes are forgotten when you become a counselor for the first time. So the first one might be forgetting your position. Another one might be some entitlement that you gain when you become a counselor. And then finally, sometimes putting some friendships in front of your responsibility as a counselor. So let's talk a little bit about forgetting your position and the and kind of some inexperience. So that first time counselor kind of a deal. So many first time counselors forget they are a counselor, you know, acting like a camper still. This means, you know, they might go all out in sports or they might do their own craft in arts and crafts without paying attention to their campers, or they take over the entire project. This we don't want to forget that we're here for our campers and they come first. So Matt, let's get you into this. What are some things that as a counselor you can do to make sure that you always remember, Oh wait, I'm a counselor first. Yeah. We used um, at camp when I was growing up, we used the phrase of getting your camp head on you wearing your camp hat. And it was just that reminder that like when your baseball hat went on, that was like a, a reminder to do that. And, um, you know, people would say the directors, if we were being dumb, they might say, okay, we really lost our camp heads this week. Um, let's, let's try to bring that back or, you know, get your camp heads back on. We really got to focus here. Um, my first tool for doing this is a great little acronym called IAAT, and that stands for I am always teaching. Uh, so if you are tuning in on YouTube right now, you'll see that I'm holding up a sticker uh, and that says IAAT. And this is a, a Travis Allison uh, Go Camp Pro 
little thing that he set up. And it was just a reminder that in whatever we're doing, we're always teaching. So we need to lead by example. So I remember as a camper that there was a counselor that I absolutely loved. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And then I found out my first year on staff, this is like six or seven years later, that he was a huge jerk to the co-counselor and, you know, and like kind of like made fun of her and teased her in a way that like 10 year old boys. So when I was a 10 year old boy, I thought he was hilarious, but he was also a huge jerk to, uh, to my coworker. So that's a big difference between being childlike and childish, right? So being childlike is getting on a kid's level, but being childish is acting like a kid. Um, and, and you can't do that as a counselor. That's, that's something that has to change. My second tip for this is how we can uh, promote kids to enjoy their childhood and build skills that are independent of you as a counselor. So it's a bit of a shift from last one, but a, a trick here is to ask kids questions about what they're doing and encouraging conversation that way. So rather than, so the, the, the classic example is, is Timmy's in arts and crafts and Timmy's drawing a picture of, of something, of a dinosaur. And instead of you going up to Timmy and saying, wow, Timmy, that's a really great dinosaur. It's going up to Timmy and saying, Timmy, what are you working on? And then Timmy tells you, maybe it's not a dinosaur. And well, Timmy, what do you like about this? Or what do you, what do you think about your drawing? What made you want to draw that? And letting them lead the conversation is a great way of taking yourself out of it. So you're, you're putting campers first, which is about which is what you should be doing all the time, putting campers first. And I think, well, I'm sure we'll cover that many times on this. My last tip for this section is um, knowing when and how to be competitive. I think Oliver is going to talk a lot about um, how to play games and, and as this role as a counselor rather than a camper. But for me, I'm an extremely competitive person. Um, if you put me in a gag ball ring with a bunch of staff, then I'm going to go all out and try and win. But if you put me in a gag ball ring with a bunch of campers, I'm going to behave much differently because I know that the experience is about them. So knowing when and how to turn on that competitiveness, I think is good. I think it's always really important to be um, engaged and enthusiastic about what you're doing because that's contagious. To show that you're fully engaged into something, that doesn't mean you need to be a jerk and, and get everyone out and gag a ball. Um, so if you need some help with this, we, as a, a counseling staff, when I was a, a counselor, we would say, uh, don't forget your raincoat, or we would just mention raincoats in a casual conversation. And raincoat was the idea um, that, remember, it's about campers, let the campers win. Um, and that's a good way to, and it's just code, because then the campers don't know that you're letting, you're letting them win. Um, with that, never make it look like you threw the game. You don't want a camper to, to feel like you were just taking it easy on them. So I try to, I, I try to not be the second place person, but the fourth place person. Um, but my favorite way to play Gagaball now is to be the internal referee. Because you know Gagaball, if you've played it, um, you know that kids cheat all the time. Maybe not purposely, but sometimes purposely. Like They'll get hit and they'll look around to see if nobody was listening. And then rather than you causing a fight or you asserting your dominance and be like, no, you were actually out, just get them out. As long as they're not the last person, you can just play a little bit harder on that kid. And if they cheated, that's a natural consequence. And you don't have to mention anything, but it's just a nice way of keeping the universe right. And maybe that's just me letting myself be competitive. I don't know. But I like being the internal referee. <laughs> no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I will admit that I've done the internal referee before. Uh, it's a good natural consequence. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, but one thing I did love you mentioned was putting on your counselor hat. And something that I remember from my first summer is actually I had a leadership staff member 
who ran a session during staff training. And he said something about putting on your counselor hat and remembering it's always on. And it stuck with me. And it's now many years later and it hasn't gone away. But my first summer, it stuck with me so much that after, you know, training was over and I got to go on some time off, went to Walmart, I bought a hat. It was a Sonic the Hedgehog hat and I would wear it almost every day at camp. And I'm not a hat person, but it was just that reminder every day for me to say, cool, you need to remember you're a counselor all the time. So wear this hat and you'll always remember. It doesn't have to be a hat. I was not a hat person, but still decided to wear one. That was the bad decision as far as style goes, but a great decision as far as counseling goes. So I think of it now when I talk to counselors as kind of Inception, that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, and he has the little um, spindle that he spins, spins to remember if it's a dream or not. Have something on you that reminds you to be a counselor, to be that person. So it might be a ring. It might be a scarf. It might be um, your shoelaces that you specifically bought and then switched out on your shoes that you wear almost every day. So you look down, you see lime green shoelaces and they just kind of go, Oh yeah, you're a counselor. Like that's your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, those visuals really help. Another thing that Matt mentioned was this kind of cool counselor that he had once upon a time that didn't turn out to be that cool. So many counselors want to be the cool counselor and you don't realize that you're ending up being this counselor. who's just not a cool person to everybody else. The cool counselors, the counselors that sometimes have a really big impact on kids are the ones that are there remembering that they're a counselor. They're they're there to talk to kids. They're there to play games with kids. They're there to be engaged. And we say this all the time, but the counselors that do have the greatest impact are the ones that are being a good counselor who sometimes have to stand their ground a little bit because it's a responsibility or a rule instead of being the cool counselor who makes fun of somebody else who's trying to enforce a standard that we have at camp. So remember, you never want to be the cool counselor. You want to be liked, obviously, like it's something we all fight for. You want to be the good counselor, the counselor that kids know is still going to be there for you. Uh, I think Oliver, just to jump in there, I think there's, we could do a whole episode on, what being like being likable is totally great. Having a good rapport with kids is what you should have. And you will be cool. Um, if you do things like know their names and know personal things about them and talk to, like, like I mentioned, talk to them on their level, they're going to appreciate that. And that will make you cool for all the right reasons. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's a great point. And I'm pretty sure we've probably made it in earlier podcasts too. Uh, yep. Another thing that I know I've said in earlier podcasts is the best counselors always come in second place. And like Matt said, it doesn't have to be second place. You can be third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You can be the first person out. It doesn't matter. But the good counselor is still engaged. They're still in that Gaga pit. They're still um, playing knockout in basketball. They're still joining that soccer game, wiffle ball, whatever it might be. Uh, <clears throat> but if it's not a competitive thing, Sometimes counselors forget too. So you go into arts and crafts and everyone's working on a craft. You pick up your own because you want to you know, be engaged. Make sure that your project isn't the first one finished. Typically, I look and I like when I see a counselor who you know, did something as simple as like nature art, right? And you're building little houses and they have an unfinished house because they got so distracted trying to help their campers with their projects to an extent where they're not taking over that project but that they kind of forget about their own. So they kind of got it started because they want to be engaged, but then they move and shift into helping everybody else out. And then the big one is celebrate others wins like crazy. When somebody else wins, that's an amazing moment for them. You as a counselor should make sure that moment is amazing. Jump, like depending on the circumstances, obviously jump up and down, go crazy, cheer, um, tell other people about that win, right? Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't always have to be competitive, right? Going back to that arts and crafts assignment or a music, if you do music at camp and they can play the guitar, the ukulele, let them show off those skills or mention to someone, hey, did you see how little Sarah here was incredible with the guitar today? She can play uh, somewhere over the rainbow like it's nobody's business. And to be honest, I, w- I really just want to celebrate her win and go for it. I think it's really important. The big wins are big. All right. The next one, and I think a lot of camp directors will hear this one and go, oh my God, that's so true, is entitlement. Uh, It's this expectation of what it should be versus what it is. And entitlement, I really see, comes into camp in two places. We really do see it come as a camp director. The first one are counselors who have been campers for a really long time, and they are first-time counselors, and it is their time to shine, and they want to do that. But everything they know in their head is camp as a camper. And it's really important to recognize the differences of those. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. The second example that I really see with entitlement is someone who's now coming into their second, third, fourth year of camp. And they've seen the back, you know, behind the scenes of camp. And now they're wondering why all the things that they want to see at camp aren't happening right? Now they want to go the extra mile and a camp director might have to say, I'm sorry, that's not something we can do because some of those things are things that have been in the planning for months and it just can't happen within that first week of staff training or just midsummer. So those are really two big examples of entitlement. I see how are we going to combat that? Matt, tell me a little bit about, I hopefully I want you to start with this tuba metaphor, but if you want to finish big, I'll let you but you have some pretty good notes on this. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to get to the tube metaphor, but I, I want to kind of just keep going on what you were saying. Um, things change at camp, right? Like camp should be changing. Um, and I think that you, counselors out there, camp staff, whoever is listening to this, you should never, ever, 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 ever say, this is the way we've always done it or this is the Pierce Williams way or the Camp Jewel way or those kind of things. It, it makes camp directors want to put their heads through the drywall. Um, because so, so first of all, like, I think, I think I can empathize a little bit where entitlement comes from because I, I I'm sure I was entitled um, when I was in my fifth or sixth year of being a, a staff member when I was at Cairn, for sure. I felt that. And, and it really comes from like that feeling of love. You love camp and it's been so good for you that you just want to make sure that it's good. So you, it comes from a place of love, but it manifests in a way that can be really resistant to change because Camp needs camp always needs to change because kids are changing, industry practices and standards are changing, people like as a society are changing, and camp needs to reflect with that too, right? In terms of um, us being welcoming, uh, welcoming communities for individuals who identify as LGBTQ plus, um, having diverse populations, immigrant populations, we can't do camp the way we've always done it because it's not accessible for everybody. Or there's a lot of cultural crap that we that used to happen in camping that even happened when I was a counselor that it's just not it's not what we're doing anymore because it's not right and for you as a counselor listening to this to combat that besides never saying that this is the way we've always always done it um, just being open to change and being uh, and being a big advocate of it there's no better way to get on a camp director's good side than to help usher change happening at camp and being enthusiastic about it. It's not that you have to be a suck up or you have to, you have to like be a yes person to your boss and and say, Oh, that's the greatest idea ever. Um, But it's, 
it's being an advocate for that, especially when the camp directors aren't watching. So if you're hanging out in the staff lounge and the topic comes up like, well, we always did this like prank war. This is what we did. Or we always were um, this cultural, maybe we were, we were like cowboys and Indians. That was always something we did. Why can't we do it anymore? You having that thoughtful presence and saying like, well, maybe that's not appropriate anymore. Maybe there's like, I wonder why, there's a reason for that and having even just like saying that like you don't need to be a, a defender of something you don't necessarily know but you could just say well i wonder why i'm not sure maybe we should find out or what do you guys think or what do you folks think um i think that's a great way to start to be an advocate for change and it, re- it is like the opposite of entitlement then because you're willing to realize that it's it's not about you and that's also a kind of a, a phrase of mine that a lot of the staff that i've worked with have heard me say is that every year you come back to camp, whether it's as a camper or a counselor, it becomes less and less about yourself. Um, because for sure, when you're a first year camper, it is, it is about you. Like everyone is trying to please you as a first year camper, as, as camp directors, that's what we're, we're definitely trying to do. Um, but, and then as a counselor, you know, we're really teaching you the, the foundation of skills, but every year you come back, you know more, and therefore it's your obligation to start teaching. And, um, and I think that it's really important that we were, again, I am always teaching that we're doing that and teaching the positive parts of our culture as well. So just remember every year you come back, it's less and less about you. And then finally, uh, the tuba in the band metaphor. So I, uh, I am a diagnosed band dork. Um, I was that kid who was in the practice room every lunch hour in high school, and I went to school for music, um, and it was a really big part of my life. So I went to school uh, to university for um concert level saxophone playing so performance level saxophone playing and uh when i moved to uh st thomas ontario i joined a community band and i was really excited because i was going to bust out my chops and i i was a pretty i think i'm a pretty good player um except i got put in the barry sax position and for those of you don't know barry sax is like the tuba of it's like comparing a tuba to a trumpet the pieces the the music and it's not difficult it's very like boom Boom, 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 boom. It's not, it's not challenging at all to play. And it reminded me of some story that I heard that you have to, being the tuba in the band, every role is still important. And it's your job to play the tuba the best that you can, right? And to play your part perfectly because it serves a purpose. If it didn't serve a purpose, the composer wouldn't have written it right? So you doing that and that, so if you think of yourself as a counselor and sometimes with entitlement, you can be like, well, I'm a third year counselor. I'm above this. I don't have to sweep the floors. It's like, no, you, you, A, you do have to sweep the floors because everyone does. And you should be teaching how to do that as well. Teaching proper sweeping technique. And that's a, a gift that you get to give to future camp generations. So for so for me, being the Barry Sachs, you better believe that I'm still practicing and I'm still working hard to make sure that I'm playing my part right. Because when you start having that mindset that you should, you should be the best person in the band wherever you are, you start to realize how important your part really is. And that, I think that's a perfect metaphor for camp. Um, and especially, like we said off the top of the show, a camp counselor's job is the most important because you have that direct interaction with kids. And when you know more, that means you have the ability to great, uh, even great, greatly greater, I was on a roll there, even greater impact the life of a kid. So um, treat every year that you come back like even greater opportunity to make a bigger impact. Yeah, I, you come from a band background and you have that 
wonderful metaphor. I come from a football background and I literally on my wall have a story about, if anybody knows, Alabama um, is a great football team. I'm not a fan, but this specific situation was amazing. It has to do with the quarterbacks. If you ever heard of Jalen Hurts and Tua Teco, I can't say his last name, but he's this current start turning quarterback for Alabama. Take a look at what happened with them in the national championship game in 2018. You can search it on Google. It is the great story of the tuba in football player terms. So if you're an athlete and you're looking for a different type of connection, it's a great way to go. Uh, For me, this notes on entitlement kind of come from a couple of different places. So my first is entitlement can kind of get washed away a little bit. If you are thinking that your environment should always be a learning and growing and growth mindset environment, because that means you can't be, you can't be entitled if you know and are humble enough to understand that you don't know everything. And it's important because if you come into it and you know that the way camp activities are as a counselor are a hundred percent different than they are uh, than when you were a camper, that helps already because when you're a camper, you're just having fun. When you're a counselor, you know, wow, when this game is going on, I need to make sure I'm supervising my kids that they have gone to the bathroom and need to, that they have a water bottle for running around that if they're going to get anxious during this activity, some of my best counselors are the ones who come up to me and say, Hey, that activity was a lot of fun but it was really tough on these kids. And I can see that and I go, oh, wow, you're making a great point right now. Because I know that they were focused on their campers during that activity instead of focused on just the fun aspect. That being said, still have fun at that activity. Uh, A big one that happens a lot of the time is you hear that quote of, oh, I've been a camper or counselor since I was nine. And that means I've been coming to camp since, uh, for, uh, I don't know, for 10 years now. Those years as a camper, like I just said, are different than the years that you're going to be a counselor. You need to understand that and you need to know that although you have this wonderful experience of being a camper and you know the songs, you know the traditions, you know these things, it's really important that you have to be patient because other people might not. And this is one thing that I know happens here at Camp Jewel. We have a large international staff who are first-time staff members. They've never heard the songs before. They've never done cleanup in the dining hall. And sometimes I have third, fourth year counselors who haven't caught on yet, and this is an important thing, that it takes more than two weeks to learn these songs and stuff. It took summers for some staff to learn these songs. It took summers for you as a camper to learn these songs. So please don't get on these first year staff members to learn these things as quick as possible. Be there as a teacher and be there as a helper to help them learn. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so important. You also, as a counselor, whether you're a first-year counselor who has years of camp experience or whether you are a three-year, five-year vet who knows what they're doing, you set the bar, especially for first-time staff. And if you're going to walk around and you're going to say something along the lines of like, no, we really don't have to sweep arts and crafts every single day. But you know that once upon a time you had a supervisor who forced you to do that or said, oh, we need to clean up. We need to do that. We need to do this every single day. Don't cut that corner because you're lowering the bar for camp as a whole. You need to bring that bar up there and say, oh, no, we're going to make sure that we put five minutes in for cleanup at the end of this activity. But you know what? This activity with arts and crafts takes a little bit longer to clean up because there's all this scrap paper. We need to think maybe about 10, 15 minutes with this cleanup process. Uh, Those are important things. You need to set that bar for what is expected. Um, And a great way to do that, a great way is to speak and do. So when you are doing something, speak it out, say what you're doing, say, I put this in this corner because of this reason, or I make sure that every single day we clean the brushes at arts and crafts because I want to make sure that they don't get hard. And then we got to waste money on brushes when I would rather have more money for more paint so we can have more fun, right? 
um, when we put away our, when we end our day at soccer, I got to make sure I grab all these soccer balls. This isn't bragging because you are doing the action while you're saying these things. So you're saying, all right, let's go grab these balls. Can you grab those over there for me? You're directing things around. You're making sure that everything's clean. And then people get the standard, this idea of what it's supposed to be. Um, and then lastly, know who owns the room. Uh, this is a phrase that is one I don't like to use, but it's something I definitely say in my head. When I, as a camp director, walk up to sailing clinic uh, for us, I am going to make sure things are safe. I'm going to make sure that the interactions are going well, but I am 100% not going to take over that lesson from that counselor because I don't know how to sail. Put it out there right now. Can't sail a boat. Uh, it won't happen. So I can't go there and take over that lesson, but I can definitely be there to assist and help out. And if something is a concern that I can obviously see as far as safety, I can make sure that that is mitigated and stopped. So it's really important that you, if you don't have the experience, don't go there, don't go there and try and step on somebody else's game or, you know, invade their parade, just be there to help and assist. And if there's something that you want to talk to them afterwards, because it's not a safety concern, talk to them afterwards. Be like, oh, when I sailed, I made sure I tied this knot instead of this knot. So <clears throat> those are really important things that you should probably understand and will really help you prevent entitlement within yourself. So the last topic we want to kind of cover today is friendships. So friendships with your fellow staff members is a really important thing. And this is where we're going to kind of go today. The clumping over engaging with your campers. So clumping is a word I think a lot of camps use, but it's this idea that counselors all come and stick together and they make a little ball of counselors and they don't focus on their campers instead. So it usually happens during free play, uh, but it's really important that you realize engagement is important. We've said it so many times. And then the other part of friendship that we want to talk about is sometimes protecting a friend's mistakes, right? So we just talked about that bar. And in this case and scenario, you see a friend makes a mistake. You're not going to go and talk to them about it. You're not going to try to fix it. You're not going to go to a supervisor about it um, to help it get fixed. You're going to allow that mistake to happen. So that's kind of lowering that bar we talked about before. And it's really important that you've got to be there and say, oh, that was a mistake. That is going to hurt us in the long run. I got to say something. I got to do something. So we're going to talk about those things. And Matt, I'm going to let you kick it off. Uh, please take it away. How can we help with these friendships on camp being a help instead of a hindrance. Yeah, and, and again, I think there's the benefit of the doubt here is that like to say that um, friends aren't important would be absolutely incorrect because, you know, um, at my wedding, there's a reason why 70% of the guests um, and like 85% of the non-family guests were camp people that were there, right? I've, I've made my closest friends with people that I met at camp. I met my wife at camp. Um, so camp will be a place uh, to make friends and it will just happen. So a couple things on this um, to kind of tie in with that, you make friends while you work hard together. Um, some of my deepest memories and deepest connections with people were times that we worked hard together, right? So when um, myself and our canoe instructor, uh, that, that our, our tripper that went on our trip with us, when him and I woke up at 5.30 in the morning to cook pancakes for the campers to make sure they were ready for the early day we had. Um, and we ended up beatboxing and making pancakes and forever like beatboxing pancakes will be something that makes me smile because we did it 
while we were working, while we were focusing and doing what we should have done for the kids or lifting and moving heavy docks together or planning games for kids to play. You'll have time to build those friendships and build that camaraderie um, with people. So um, know that it will happen and there's time for it, but we really need to focus, again, put that focus on the campers. And something that our directors used to say to us was reminding us that summer camp is one week long. And that worked for us because our sessions were one week long. And the idea is that kids, uh, camp is one week long for the campers. They might have been waiting all year to come to camp, literally crossing the days off of their calendars, if they still do that these days, um, and crossing those days off so that they could come to camp for this one week. So they deserve to be the full focus of our attention. We'll have time to build friends, but this week, this week is for them because they might not be able to have that experience another time during the summer or maybe even ever again. And for some, and, and if we preach that one week can change a kid's life at summer camp, then we have to be able to follow through on that. And we have to be able to make sure we're putting in all the effort that it takes to make it that one week. The other thing I would say is that um, taking time for your friends is okay when there is time for it. Right, so if you're on your hour off or your your day off or whatever, spend time with people. Make sure you're you're building that that community, um, and make sure you're taking self care too, shower and sleep, all those good things. Um, but that's why I would also advocate for you to go tech free when you're at camp, um, and that might be really tough for you because that might not be your normal way of doing things, but. Uh, to let you know, the entire Pierce Williams staff, um, except for the director, the executive director, and the media person, um, go without their technology for the summer. They hand in their phone at the start of the week, and they get it back at the end of the week. Um, and they, they, they don't bring their laptops to camp. And when they have their hour off, they hang out with each other. They go and do stuff. They sign out the, the bows and arrows to go shoot archery or to go for a swim if there's a lifeguard available. Or they... They might uh, do something extra for camp or do some research. I had a camp. I had a, a counselor this year asked if um, they could do some of our survey analytics because they were interested in statistics. So I was like, yes, you can take all of the surveys and analyze them. So just those ways that you can build those friendships with people that's away from tech and you can really focus on building that community. You'll make strong friends. The last thing that I would say in this, um, this kind of scope of things is a, a tool for helping yourself not clump. Um, so at Pierce Williams, they use what's called a clumping grenade. Um, not a real grenade, obviously, but it's, you do the motion. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me. They take a grenade and they like, pretend to pull the pin with their tooth, and then they, they pretend to throw it at a group of staff members that are, are clumping. And that's just like the visual cue for them to go, when it explodes, they go, whoa, and spread out from each other. Um, sometimes I like the clumping grenade. I think sometimes people can use it. Like, like they can be a little bit of a jerk about it and like, and it gets to be a weird thing. You can also just have agree as a staff on an internal code word. Like I said, with uh, raincoats earlier, or maybe it's a hand signal. Like you walk in, you, you realize that you're talking with a group of people. And if you start, if you put your like hand in your chin, or if you like play with your bottom lip or something, that's the cue Like, Oh, we're clumping. We need to stop doing that. Um, so maybe, so whether it's a grenade or a code word or a hand signal, that reminding of yourself to stop clumping. And if you agree upon it as a, as a community first, then there's less chance of somebody using it like a jerk um, or overusing it or whatever, and actually respecting the fact that, you know, because that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be clumping. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's also really important that with that clumping, you know, you need to make sure that you know the areas that you're most likely to clump in. Because mm. um, where does that clumping grenade come out the most? And I can tell you right now, for, I this is for our camp, but I know that for a lot of camps, these might be it. But it's where you have kind of downtime, where it's not a function activity, but it's a kind of free space. So for us, that may be outside of the waterfront, kind of our waterfront area, but not you know, in the water, because that's pretty strictly mandated. But, you know, on the beach or something, that's a free play zone. And you can typically see a lot of counselors will try to clump there. So as a future counselor or as a current counselor, no, you go down to those areas, be aware of it. Another one for us is our rec space. So this is like by our basketball courts and gaga pits. We can have a big area there. But take a minute and think about you as a counselor and what areas on camp you see the most clumping. And then be aware that you can step up and say, oh, I'm going to stand here or I'm going to be in this spot. So Mm -hmm. some things that you might want to do is put little, not stickers, but little markers maybe for yourself in those areas that you know that you could stand and give out the best supervision possible. So this Mm -hmm. might be on top of a gaga pit, you know, standing around the rim. This might be, you know, the center of the basketball court. This might be, you know, by the volleyball net you know, standing there so you can see if there's going to be a follow or something like that. You can help mandate that game. So at the very least, you're in a spot where you know you can supervise and you can switch it up. So think about those markers, mark them in your head as a good counselor and know where you want to stand to be the best counselor you can be and where that engagement can happen. Because you don't need to be in every single game and play every single uh, volleyball game or basketball game. That could get really tiring as a counselor, but at least put yourself in the position where you are there. Um, one of the other big reasons I see clumping happen is because of information, right? Counselors want to pass information on to each other, tell each other about how their day was and all this stuff. Uh, something that I have liked to see in the past is writing letters to your fellow counselors, right? This is as easy as, you know, at night you're like, Oh man, my day was like this, write, write it down on a piece of paper, like a letter folded up and you can put it in the mailbox. And the best part about camp mail is it gets delivered in the day, Right you don't have to go out and find that person and then you can tell them about your day. I see sometimes at camp you do have significant others and you can write a letter to them so they can get something from you. Uh, but sometimes you also just have a friend who's in a different village or unit or uh, group than you. And it's just really easy to pop that letter in a mailbox and kind of talk to them about what your day is because you might not see them for a little bit, but also it could hold off a conversation that you would do when you are in a clumping situation. Cause they already know that information you've shared it with them. Um, and then talk about those things during your time off as well. You know, those conversations that you sometimes have where you're clumping, you can realize that you can have that somewhere else at a different time. A big one that I really wanted to hit on today, though, was protecting a friend's mistakes. Uh, we talked about that bar and how where it's set and how sometimes that can get lowered by protecting a friend who made a mistake and kind of pretending that that mistake never actually happened. Uh, as a camp director who supervises about 150 staff at, at some points, it's really hard to see everything that happens on camp. It's really important that there are other advocates out there who are saying, this is the standard of camp. This is the bar I want it to be at. And it does not always have to be a leadership team member. It can be a peer counselor, you know, who comes in there and says, Ooh, man, that's not something that we should have done. How can we fix it? How can we improve it? Who should we go to to talk to this about? And, you know, sometimes the little mistake, it can go to somebody else who can help solve it. Sometimes it is a little bit bigger mistake. It has to make its way up the ladder. Don't be scared to admit your mistakes. 
They are opportunities for growth. With that being said, it is really important to admit your mistakes sometimes. Um, I know that in a past summer, I had a big issue where a counselor made a mistake. Other counselors were aware of this mistake. It was one of a very high severity um, that ended up getting that counselor removed. But because other counselors decided that they did not want to tell us, they put others in danger. They put others in jeopardy. And based off of our standards here at camp, we need to let go of maybe some of those counselors because they put others in danger by not letting us know about this mistake. Mm -hmm. And that means that you're protecting your friend and putting others in danger. And that you can't do at camp. You have to tell someone, you have to open your mouth and you have to make sure that a camp director knows, especially in some of the more severe situations that will most definitely be covered for you during staff training. So please pay attention during those those sessions so that you can make sure that camp is a safe place for all. I think, I think there's, there's really, I think the other part of it is that it's, it's again, refocusing on the kid's experience. If your coworkers, even if they're your best friends are doing something that's going to put kids at risk, um, then that, you just, that can't happen, right? We, the stakes are too high. Um, and there's a ton of people that don't, a ton of parents that don't send their kids to camp because they feel like it's not going to be safe. They're very worried about their kids and we can't, we need to make sure we're watching out for that and not reaffirming those fears. It's camp's reputation on the line. And the way that, um, it was explained to me once that I passed on, uh, to staff that I worked with was that think about your actions or your friend's actions that, and what would cause camp to be on the front page of the newspaper in a negative way, um, right? If, if something happens and they found out that a camp a counselor was being negligent because they were um, drinking alcohol or doing something that was clearly against camp's policies, then that looks bad on camp's reputation as a whole. And I don't think that anyone, even the most, the people who want to be friends and want to do maybe some of those things, I don't think if, if I came up and asked you, I said, hey, would you want to prevent a kid from coming to camp? Do you want to stop that kid from coming to camp? Of course you would say no, right? So remembering that your actions have repercussions on on things greater than just you and it's not just you getting fired it's you or your friend getting fired and a kid potentially being unsafe or not coming back to camp anymore um so that's one thing and then i I guess kind of on a lighter note just to spin it that i i have the cure to clumping oliver do you believe me uh as every camp director wishes yes yeah, I, I think I have the cure, um, but it takes some initiative from the person who might be clumping. To stop yourself from clumping, just go talk to the kids. I know, mind-blowing, right? But, <laughs> but that's all you need to do is when – so for Pierce, it's, it's snack time, and that's the time when counselors are, like, checking in because it's like they're seeing each other for the first time, and it's a little unstructured. But I know that our, the best counselors are the ones that are out talking to kids or playing with them. They have, a, like, a football in their backpack, and they've gotten it out, and they've started playing with campers, not with other staff, with campers. And, um, or the staff members who are looking out for those kids who are sitting on their own and maybe feeling a little lonely in that moment. Maybe they're starting to feel like they're missing home. And if you're engaging those kids, and again, asking them questions, let them provide the answers. You don't need to be an expert conversationalist. You just need to be someone who's there for those kids. And that's, you can't clump while you're trying to have a conversation with a kid who might be missing home. It's, mm-hmm. it's impossible. So there it is. There's the answer. Yeah. A great thing to do. You can ask the kid how your friend, the counselor, had 
was doing that day, right? Go up to a kid in your friend's cabin and be like, hey, did your, ha- did your cabin have a good day? My friend Sarah over there um, is a counselor for your cabin. Do you, did she, you know, have fun with you guys today? Was it all good? And you have a conversation going with a kid about your friend and then you can check in with your friend later and be like, hey, I talked to your camper today. It sounds like you guys had a great time. Can you tell me a little about it so I can learn and become a better counselor? Yeah. So, Boom. Uh, just me being a camp director again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the last thing I wanted to say about this subject is camp memories are great because of a sense of accomplishments you get from camp sometimes, right? From doing the work that we do, it makes these memories that really make us feel good. And that's from giving a kid a great experience. Um, and the memories that we have with our friends that come from camp typically come from that route. They come from you and your friend doing something amazing, like making pancakes and beatboxing in the morning, right? That's, that's the amazing camp memories that we love. Um, but typically the camp memories for when you do something with your friends that you're not supposed to do while you're working are not the camp memories you want to remember. So stick to the memories where you get to make them because of the amazing work and the accomplishments you do. It, will really help your work ethic, or at least it helps me because I really just feel empowered when I get to walk around camp and see amazing things happening all the time. Um, so that's my big note. So Matt, do you have anything you want to end with our subjects tonight? Yeah, uh, thanks. I We're talking about professionalism in general. And I think just, just reminding, I think I, I did this in the last episode too, that I harped on this as the last point and people are going to, my worst fear is that somebody's going to say, okay, boomer to me and uh, for saying this. I'm a millennial for those of you who are listening. But, but I think it's just that professionalism moves on to your uh, social media presence as well and the way that you talk about camp um, when you're not at camp as well. And um I think that it's really, really important that you shouldn't feel like you're hiding your social media presence, um, but you should also make sure you're being uh, an advocate for camp and speaking highly of it and being professional offline as well. And if you want to have like a Finsta, I, th- I believe is what they is what they call it, the the fake Instagram account. Um, I, I think I am a boomer. I don't know. But I, the, so if you want to have that and you're going to keep it really locked down, I would still say you should be make sure you're being professional because campers will find you on Instagram and they'll follow you without even knowing. Like it happened to one of our staff members in the past where they had an Instagram account that was like very camp friendly and they had one that wasn't and they weren't paying attention to who was following the other one. And even though it was private, for some reason a camper got through because they weren't paying attention or a friend had their phone and accepted a friend request. And it was, it was a, not a PR nightmare, but it wasn't great for that counselor. They had some explaining to do when that kid's parent phoned the camp office and be like, this is who you're hiring. So that stuff actually does happen. So just make sure you're being mindful of professionalism. That's my, that's my, uh, my again, technology rant for the day. Yeah. And one last thing that I didn't talk about today, and I think it's important that we do kind of mention it, that it was unmentioned, is professionals are a really important thing. We talked a lot about your attitude and acting about being professional. But one of the things we didn't talk about are some of the simple things that we should be doing automatically. This is making sure we're obeying dress code, following the rules at camp, and making sure that overall we have a professional appearance about ourselves. So please make sure that you're doing even the basics right. And then the things that we taught you today are the things that are going to catch you from doing kind of the bigger things wrong professionalism. But yeah, the rules at camp are really important. And typically a lot of camps have things like the dress code and standards of operation and all of those 
different things that they talk about during staff training. Don't miss those. Follow the basics. Be on time. You know, be professional with your language. Don't swear in front of kids. All of that. Those are basic things that you as a counselor should be doing already. And if you don't know them, I can guarantee you your camp has them in the staff manual, which you should read uh, before you start working at camp. So with that being said, it's time to get ready for this summer, which is far, far away from right now. But we still have advice of what things that you can do any time of the year to make sure that you are going to be the best camp professional come the time that you're with kids. So, Matt, what's your get ready for today? Okay, I got a weird one. So mine uh, for this one, I've been doing uh, some training sessions and sessions at conferences about how to be the best uh, new full-time camp director. Uh, But for the counselors out there, you're in your early stages of your camp journey. And I hope that some of you are one day thinking maybe about being a full-time camp pro, but something that every full-time camp director needs. um, And I think something that everyone needs is a really good support network and a really good camp support network that's outside of just your summer camp. Um, And I'm really blessed to have a lot of those people um, that I can call up Oliver and we are in very different situations, but we're both camp directors and we know more than just our camp now because we have that shared support network. So your task to get ready, here's what it is. I want you to, if you're, if you want to build a support network, I want you to send me an email. So my email is Matt, M-A-T-T at gocamp.pro. And I want you just to send me an email that says like, I want to be, I want to find a camp support network. So if you send me that email, and I get a second one, I'm going to pair you up and I'll just send an email to both of you saying, hey, both of you reached out, said you were interested. That's it. I'm not going to like facilitate your conversation, but I just want it to use this podcast kind of as a, a way for you to start connecting with other people. So if you're interested, shoot me a really quick email that just says, I want to, I want to find a network. That's fine. And uh, I'll connect you with someone else who has said that. Um, so that's my task for you. Yeah. Matt and I are thinking along the same lines because I have a way for you to get a little bit more networking done. It's going to be conference season soon. It's the time where a bunch of camp people come together and just talk camp in a room, at a camp, at a random hotel room, whatever it might be to better get camp into their brain. These conferences are kicking up now. I know that I am on a committee for a conference happening at Frost Valley YMCA. If you're a YMCA and you're listening, the Northeast YMCA Camp Conference is a fantastic conference that happens up in Frost Valley YMCA. It will be held this year, uh, well, next year, January 2020, uh, on the 29th, I believe, or the 27th to the 29th. Uh, please... Um, Look into these kinds of things. See if you can get involved. See if you can get to these conferences. It's a great way to meet new people. It's a great way to get involved with camp. It's a great way to get information about camp. Don't miss out on these opportunities. If you want to learn more about camp conferences, both Matt and I are huge fans of these uh, events. So please reach out to us again through email or whatever works the best. We'll talk about how to reach out to us in a second so that you can figure out some of them in your area that you can possibly get involved in. There are so many. It is really great to go to and you don't want to miss out. So with that being said, Matt, do you have something else you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted to jump in on that, Oliver. Um, the other thing, I was just talking with um, some of the, the people at the ACA, well, that I was at the conference in the past, the American Camps Association 
uh, Camp Association. Uh, they and the OCA, the Ontario Camp Association, um, so all the, the state and area and provincial camp associations, they're always looking for volunteers. So if you're a uh, counselor listening to this, reach out to your director and um, let them know that you want to volunteer at some conferences, whether it's Girl Scouts, whether it's YMCA, whether it's um, American Camp Association, Ontario Camp Association, they always need those volunteers. And if you reach out to them, you'll get on a committee or you'll get into something. And that's a great way to start. And, and you can kind of take some initiative in that way too. So just wanted to jump in on that one. Yep. That's a fantastic way to do it. Uh, Matt, I think you already said your email, but if you want to say it again, so people can reach out to you, what's the best way to do it? Yep. You can get a hold of me at Matt at GoCamp. Dot pro. And I wanted to give Oliver a quick shout out to uh, Lisa Kinsman, who after our last show, I put it out there. I said, send me an email with just your favorite emoji and I would send you a sticker. So I'm going to do it again this week. Um, so if you send me an email in the subject line, I want nothing in the body. I want the subject line to say I-A-A-T. I am always teaching. Just, just I-A-A-T. And if you do that, we'll connect and I'll send you an I am always teaching sticker. So Matt at GoCamp dot pro awesome uh, if you want to get a hold of me you can hit me up on my email it's oliver dot at g h y m c a dot org but you can also hit me up on facebook it is just my name oliver Cregan g-r-e-g-a-n uh, if you enjoyed today's show we would be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast it really does help us your ratings and reviews not only tell us what you like about our show and you don't like about our show, but it also helps boost our rankings and helps people discover uh, what we do here. That's right. And before I get to my part, Oliver, I want to mention your wicked uh, video that just came out. Um, oh, okay. Like I, I, Oliver and I watched it like three times before this. So Oliver just put out a great video for the give the gift of camp at camp jewel. So check out the camp. I think it's the camp jewel Facebook page. We'll have it. And they can also find it on your Facebook, Oliver. Yeah, I shared it on my Facebook. It's on our Camp Jewel Facebook page. Um, just go check it out. It's a good, funny video that we made, and it should hopefully make you laugh at least a little bit and enjoy what we kind of do here at my camp. And that, and that reminds me uh, that if you want to find, we'll put the link to this in the show notes. I'll even, it will embed that video into the show notes. Uh, make sure it's on YouTube and we can do that, Oliver. Um, so you can find all of our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. And there's tons of good stuff on there from uh, our show. You'll see Oliver's video, but there's great resources and conversations going on at the, uh, in the show notes of the other Go Camp Pro podcasts out there. So the Camp Hacker podcast for directors, the Day Camp Pod for day camp pros and camp code for staff training and leadership uh, stuff. There's some awesome stuff if you go to camphacker.tv slash podcast. So thanks for listening, friends. Camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey Camp Rose, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more Camp Pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.